Hello, welcome back to the podcast. This is this sounds so dirty, so sleazy. I'm the sleaziest podcaster ever. Uh, I'm Matt, uh, or The Fog, and you are about to hear uh, an episode of Ignoramus. Um, this is um, an informative conversation between my friend Sean and me, and we're talking about playwriting on this episode. So if you ever wanted to know a little more about playwriting, this is the episode for you. Congratulations. Uh, this episode was recorded practically two years ago uh and in this little wonderful world of podcasting sometimes we lose episodes and then we find them later and we go "Ooh, i should post that so that's what i'm doing why am i bringing that up towards the end of this episode sean is going to mention that he runs a podcast called the backstories and then we'll debate about the best way to find their podcast and this is where the two years come in I checked their website before posting this episode, and it seems that they have shut down operation since this was recorded. So I don't know that you can still find the podcast online. However, Sean does still have a Twitter. It's at underscore backstories. So if you're interested in his podcast, you might try contacting him there to see if he has any archived episodes he can send you. But first, here's our podcast. Hi, welcome to Ignoramus, the show where I know nothing and my guest knows everything. Uh, today I am here with Sean, uh, who knows everything about playwriting. Sean, why do you know so much about playwriting? Uh, well, my uh, MFA is in playwriting. Uh, I studied at uh, Hollands University. I've written a couple of plays uh, full length and uh, published a book of monologues and short plays. Um, so yeah, I, I have, I've studied playwriting extensively and I just love doing it. And, um, and so it's a, it's a wonderful passion. And, uh, so you're legitimately qualified. Like you have a degree, <laughs> a master's, you're, you're not just some schmuck off the street who wrote some words. That's right. I do teach workshops and, uh, yeah, I, I do work, uh, with students. So if I wanted to take a workshop from you, how much would you charge me? Uh, you know what? I wouldn't charge you anything at the moment. What? Yes. A free yeah. workshop? I know. What is, I, this is capitalist America. What it, are you doing? Exactly. I'm just insane. Well, um, uh, so I wouldn't charge you anything. Uh, um, I would charge the school, though. So they, uh, they do pay me to uh, run little workshops, which is nice. But uh, it's nice for the students because they're this, uh, this next academic year, they're going to be free workshops for students. Nice. So, uh, high school, college, college. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, I imagine with an MFA, you're probably up a, I mean, a little higher. Than high school. school's nice, and I've I've even done elementary school kids. You know, taught them playwriting. But uh, really, I think junior college is, is where I sort of like to teach at because that's where they go. Okay, you know what? I, I actually want to do this. Yeah. Stuff like this is so when you teach an elementary school kid. Mm -hmm. uh, do you expect anything more than Sally said, hi, and then Bobby says, hey, what's up? And then Sally says, not much. It's generally what it turns out to be, but really... Even with the junior college kids? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, it's, there's, there's no exception. That's, that's where it starts. Um, I don't go into detail of, of character development and things like that with, with elementary school kids because they're still understanding the people and characters around them. Your characters need to have an objective. Not that I know what that is. <laughs> I, I've, I've never right. acted it's in right. my life. But, you know, I mean, like, that's, that, however, is a, a simple thing to understand to tell kids. is like, okay, what's, what's the goal? What yeah. are they trying to do? You know? It's a play about hockey. Sorry, yeah, goal right. joke. Yeah. My bad. Um... <laughs> So what, let's get on to what this actually is. What is playwriting? It just at its most basic. If I've never heard the word before, I've never done it, I, I have no idea what it is, explain it to me. So playwriting is writing for the stage. Um, I also think... Can stages act? Um, oh, it's writing to be performed on the stage. Gotcha, okay. So it's, it's different than film writing in and, and, and that respect. Um, because you're creating the whole world right there. It's just a, you know, a platform, however big that is, whether it's like, you know, uh, carton crates, you know, that you're performing on, but you're just writing for that specific location. So you have to create an entire world for that. Uh, it's not like a series of shots like you do for film or different locations. It's there. Have you ever written a play to be performed on carton crates? Uh, I have not. It used to be a big thing uh, the, um, in early playwriting days. So Lanford Wilson and Cafe Chino. I don't would... know who those people are. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So, um, 
basically, it was it was a great little. People would get together and they would write plays and then they would just perform them. So Bernadette Peters started out there, um, you know, just doing a, a simple show in She's a little comedy French, shop. right? Bernadette Peters is French. She's amazing. That's oh, what she is. Okay, yeah, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> um, uh, Irish or something. I don't know. Um, she's a redhead. I don't know who she is. Um, that, that'll be the next ignorance. Yeah, yeah, we'll just talk, I'll talk about, about Bernadette Peters. Who is that? What is Bernadette Peters? How is she? I don't uh, know. I don't know. How's she doing? Is she good? Uh, totally off topic. Um, so uh, how is it, uh, what differentiates it from other writing? How is it different from, uh, from say, a novel? Okay. Well, uh, you're going to want to focus more on dialogue. Um, you know, that's not to say that you can't write a play that's entirely stage direction. Some have done that, and it's been a really unique experiment. But a lot of so people... just a silent. You yeah. just no, no one says anything. Um, but the, again, the stage is doing the acting. Then, if it's stage direction, the actors on the stage are doing the performance. So you're writing words for them to say and sort of establish a world around them. So then, what is stage direction? What are you doing if you're directing the stage? So stage direction is the term used for uh, what's also known as the blocking or the movement on the stage. Um, so, so where we put blocks. So and... you go over here and you go over there. So basically you're going to be in this section or in this block at this point in time doing this. So we're directing the actors around the stage. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That yeah. makes a lot more sense. Then. And there's, I mean, to if you were to read, there's a Israel Horowitz uh, does a neat little play, which I directed. It was Is that called... person from Israel? Uh, no. Okay. No, he's not. Um, but he, he wrote... Not aptly named. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe the, maybe their parents like to visit there or something. But he wrote a play that was called Stage Directions, and that's the characters speak in, I'm going over here, I'm drinking this, I'm doing this, I'm stabbing this person. Like, that's that's the dialogue, is the stage direction. Was there a plot? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really neat play. Okay, fair enough. While we're on plot, what's that? Okay, so basically that's uh, the direction, or, or the, um, the frame of the story. So there are events that you line up, a beginning, middle, and end on a play. And the plot is sort of the uh, through line for that. And then there are sort of things that stand out in your memory or events that go through that. So that's kind of how you, you chart a play. So the plot would be the line. The events would be little, like, ticks on the line. And then the story would just be a circle around the line and its ticks. So it looked like a football, ultimately, with its... Uh, so, it's, it's, in <laughs> essence, it's like, it's like having a timeline, um, but only, say, you know, from, from June 13th until, until July 18th. And that's, that's the timeline. And all the things that happen in that timeline uh, are, are the plot or are the story. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, you don't have to necessarily categorize it by time, um, you know, uh, so there are, this is going in depth, but there are the Aristotelian In depth unities. is good. I, okay. I want to know this stuff. All right. So, uh, they're what are known as the Aristotelian unities. And that's Greek, right? Yeah. And so that's basically what, uh, um, you know, Aristotle decided was, 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 what makes a play? Didn't what? he do space stuff and uh, what, like Aristotle, Galileo, they were all the same. Oh, uh, well, I mean, he was big into philosophy and so he was kind of like the first major critic to, you know, analyzing this. And so while a lot of his ideas are sort of... Um, Utilized, they're not necessarily like these are the rules. Like rules are pretty much bent and broken throughout playwriting all the time. But these were kind of the initial what was thought to make uh, a well-made play. Um, so you you have uh, the three unities. So the three things that have to stay the same are uh, time, uh, space, and oh god, I can't remember them now. So you're not an expert. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm failing my class right now. But basically, uh, his idea what was What else that, is there besides time and space? That's, um, that's all there is. Time, location, and something. Character? No. Time, location, and uh, uh, rockets. Something like that. We'll, yeah. we'll say it's time, location, and rockets. Good. The rockets <laughs> must stay the same. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, you can't divert rockets so they blow stuff up. Time, time, location, and smell. Yeah. The smell should never change the entire show. That would be good. 
So why do those have to stay the same? Well, they just... It's not a good play if you sort of loop in time or go off track. Um, so it's... It, well, uh, plays do that now, but... Uh, and it, you know, it works. I was say, so you, no, the you idea, should never stage Doctor Who. Yes. That would not be a good Exactly. Play. You cannot have a wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. Gotcha. Okay. Because oh, okay. t- location changes, time changes. That's yeah. all of it. The rockets even change. Exactly. Um, the TARDIS does not. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about playwriting, I think. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so the idea is that it, uh, the plays follow a chronological order. They don't do flashbacks or things like that. Um, and so that was, that was kind of his first construct. The other construct, of course, these are all changed and broken nowadays because we have so much ability to, to do more, uh, with technology and, and with innovation and with just people's imagination in general can span the limits. So, but you couldn't change like, you know, go all back in time or jump around in time and you couldn't change the location. So it just had to be in one spot. Um, so those were just kind of the initial ideas, is that you kind of just vary so drastically that the audience is going, wait, what? Where are so, we? So this would be back before, say, set design, yes. when they could just drop in a new, a new thing and, and we're in a new place now. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, any other important elements of a play besides the plot? Well, um, I, I focus a lot on character. Okay. Like, I mean, basically, those are the people you're going to be working with in the play they are they are the world they help generate the world so what really makes a character i mean you just give people things to say right but you want to sort of i guess give them more to go off of like a history and reasoning for if you know you just say hey you suck it's like why did he say that well i guess we can determine he doesn't like that person or but why and so going more into detail to figure these things out and because that way, if you don't create a history or a backing to the character, then you're going to be like, well, wh- why is, why are they saying that? That's just mean. Maybe I, that's just to create the plot. Can we do a little play right now that, oh, sure. that does not have developed characters? Okay. Uh, I would like some soup. Would you like it right now? No. Okay. Well, that was fun. <laughs> I like no. doors. You do? What kind of doors? Well, not that many doors. Oh, would three suffice? Maybe, maybe four. We're just playing at questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's, uh... Um, that's pretty much... Is that, is that, that's basically what you end up with if you don't have solid I, character, right? Yeah, well, you know what? That's what... I, I ask a lot of questions. And I do that because I want to find out the, the backing and backstory to these, these characters. Um, you know, what are their intentions, their motivation? What are they doing? Why do they like doors and soup? Why, why do they like but doors? But only a limited number of yeah, doors. A specific yeah. number. So, you know, obviously there's an, there's an entrance, there's an exit, and there's one to hide bodies. Like, what, what are the three doors? There we go. That's, that's as many as, as, as me. Yeah, that's a, great. We just developed your next play. That's awesome. Uh, I'm well, so proud yeah. to be a part of that. Excellent, excellent. So we'll, we'll call it, you know, because it's basically the breaking, we'll call it the three doors down. How about that? <laughs> okay, so, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, that's not copyrighted or <laughs> no, anything or trademarked. So. No, no, no one owns that. <laughs> no. uh, well, well tied. That was good. <laughs> um, cool. So uh, we got plot and we got character and that's it. That makes a play. That's... I mean, uh, basically you want to, so establish the setting. Um, there are some playwrights who write paragraphs beforehand. It's not recommended, but August Wilson, um, uh, who is both is, a season and a playwright, yes, a month. He's. he's <laughs> I know. I don't know what seasons and months are. Who's both a month and a playwright? Yes, yes, and um, a, a Roman leader. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Augustus. Augustus, Augustus Wilson. Um, wait, <laughs> what? Who is he Augustus? He everything. So this person is everything. Um, but some of his plays, he writes a very short uh, sort of description, but others will go into description that you won't, you won't get an idea. You won't be able to see on a stage. Like, you know, a character smoking in an alley, which is completely separate from what is going on in the performance for the audience to see, but it gives you a sense of the jazzy time of the world that he's created. So, um, you know, adding flavor that way, it gives an idea as to the world because you're creating that whole world on the stage. 
uh, it's got to give uh, an idea to go beyond what you see in that that space. Can I throw out uh, another another playwright's name that I know, uh, Tennessee Williams? Uh-huh. Uh, do you have to have a first name that's not uh, an actual first name in order to be a playwright? Um, it helps. No, I, I think it all depends on what your first name is. Could I be like Easter Basket Capuro in right place? That sounds amazing. Uh, I th- I, I'm going to go with that. <laughs> that's going to be my play, uh, my pen name. I, I feel like it's a little long, though. Oh, okay. Just, just like Easter. Yeah. Or Easter just Capurro. a basket. 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 I like Basket Capurro. I'm going to okay. go with that. Uh, what's your What's your pen name? Uh, you know what? I um, So my, my legal name is, is not Wellengard, but I still go by Sean Engard, All right. uh, which was before I got married. But what's your yeah. first name pen name? What, what do you first use name, instead of Sean? Uh, you know what? I, I still say with Sean. Uh, you know, I like Sean. That's a great name. I think, and it's it's the, you know... The Gaelic Sean, S-E-A-N. I'm, so the correct spelling. Good. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Rocket. You're going to go with Rocket? Rocket Wellengard. I like Rocket that. Engard, I think. I, I love Rocket. Um, so, yeah. I think that, I think we've established that. Yeah, because, Rocket's a good recurring you know, theme. Three unities are time, space, and me. But that's, <laughs> that's what it is. That's, I think as a playwright, that's a great unity to have is yeah. yourself. That's right. Uh, you're just, you are the main character of every one of your plays. Uh, and and nothing ever changes about you, which is, uh, as far as I know, not a great play. But what do I know? Um, well, let's move on from what a play is, shall we? Let's talk about how a play is. Um, are there any particular uh, formats to writing a play? Do you format it a certain way? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, there are several styles uh, to plays, and, and it's really fun to, to play around. Uh, with the different styles to see to which... play around, I see what you did there. Uh, so to see what style suits you, so it might be a, a very or what generic... suit styles you. Sorry, that's right. I... <laughs> well, I'll let you talk. <laughs> so so anyway, as I was saying, no, yeah. go ahead, go. Ahead. But um, I mean, so there are several forms of of theater. You know, you got your and they follow certain structures, um, but that's not to say you can't vary from those structures. Uh, and so in, in my workshops, I kind of let people do each of the, you know, from drama to romance, yeah, well, do comedy, tragedy, um, and then uh, experimental, uh, where you can just sort of go off the wall. So some people, like, for example, one of the experimental plays that really stood out in mind was almost done like a comic book. Um, hmm. And so it was, it was a, called an origin story and, and uh, basically sort of designed it like, a comic book, the the play. So it was actually written down like a comic book. Yeah, interesting. Was it performed like a comic book? That was the idea. I've never seen it, and I don't know. I I can't really visualize it seeing perf- be performed. Could you could you drop down frames as part of the set, okay. and and the, you know the lights come up and the characters do this this scene in this frame, and then it goes back out. It would it would be like that. That's pretty awesome. I'm. It, Visualizing it like uh, what, is, what is it? The Laguna Arts they do um, masterpiece. What is it called? Theater. Yeah, masterpiece <laughs> theater. Oh gosh, I can't think of it. Where they create the works of art, like the people. Oh, oh they get actors I, to I do that. Literally, don't know what you're oh, talking you, about. Oh, okay. All right. It's um, but yeah. So it's uh, something masterpiece. Anyway, but I can imagine people just sort of freezing in position of these frames. And like saying the lines, and then black out, go to the next like a slideshow thing. That would be interesting. I feel like Let's that would this. take a long time. It, it would have taken it <laughs> one line in this ridiculous. frame. Frame goes out, lights go down, lights come back up. Frame <laughs> is down. Next line in this frame. It'd be a, it, I think it would be a long play. It's five hours for a, a three-page play. <laughs> uh, um, that, yeah, I've, I'd watch it. Uh, I'd fall asleep for some of it, but I'd watch it. You can take little naps between the scenes. Yeah, changes. because you know it's like two minutes for every scene change. I got time. Um, so, uh, what's your favorite format to write in? Is there like, like, I guess I'm talking about structure. Do you like to structure a nice solid, uh, you know, we are moving straight through time or do you bounce around in time? Do you like to do more, uh, like hero's journey? What kind of formats do you That's an excellent question. I do, uh, sort of talk about the hero's journey because it's, but you know what I found is that the hero's journey isn't used terribly too much in playwriting. 
Um, but it's used a lot in Star Wars. Yes. It's, uh, you know, film, action, adventure. So, I mean, there aren't a ton of action adventure plays. My, um, my favorite is our history. Is, is that because it's hard to make a lightsaber, like, on stage? Uh, uh, maybe, yeah. I'm going to, you know, special effects, jumping around from location to location, you know, on monsters or something, monsters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, and basically in the hero's journey, you know, point of return, in the belly of the whale, like, things like that, it's hard to... Hard to stage, so I guess people. You could design the belly of a whale, though, right? As a set, that'd be. I'd I'd watch that. Absolutely, I would watch that play. Yeah, Pinocchio's untold stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, he meets like Captain Ahab. Um, That's right. There you go. Play number two of this podcast. I'm just setting you up for. I know this is the real reason I came here. (laughs) Just need some ideas. (laughs) I've been stuck in a rut for like no. So um, yeah, that's. (laughs) <laughs> um, so I, I didn't let you finish. Is there a format that you particularly oh. enjoy? Um, my format is, is pretty generic, and the reason for that mainly is for submissions. So a lot of theaters have kind of a, a format. So you would call yourself a submissive playwright? Yes, a very submissive okay. playwright. Um, but there's a, a format that I teach. Um, I mean, as, and this is as far as just the looking at the page structure. Um, as far as uh, styles of play, I like writing histories, um, and I, this is something I discovered, you know, during the process. But I, you know, find some of the best stories are are histories. So yeah, I like to retell them and and sort of explain in detail and get a better understanding, and that way I learn about the world and uh, the experiences. Question: Did you write Hamilton the musical? Um, if I did, then I would have flown over here in my helicopter. <laughs> or better yet, you wouldn't be here right now because you'd be at some press sign. I would like to think I'd be here. For... But uh, no, I did not write Hamilton as beautiful, beautiful work of art. You know, I agree. Not that I know what it is or who Hamilton is. Um, any best methods for how to write a play? Well, the first thing would be is... Um, a lot, there are a lot of exercises you can do. Um, Stretches. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Weight, weightlifting. <laughs> those, those are good, but mainly, you know, to get your wrists moving, you know, maybe yep. some, uh, I don't know, finger push-ups. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> For those listening at home, I'm trying finger push-ups that's on the right. table right now. It's very impressive. All um, five fingers at once. That's, that's good. You got to do it with the, with a one finger push up though. That's, yeah, it's very tricky. Yeah, I am a piano player, so I like to push myself a little. Uh, all right, but <laughs> um, wait, what was I saying? Uh, for your favorite, uh, no uh, methods, well, best methods for writing. Yeah. So um, basically, in a way, like improv is is something I have a background in. Uh, and uh, wait, wait, you did improv. I know it's hard. I did improv. Oh my gosh! What what team were you on? Um, It was a it was a very um, very wonderful team called Comedy Kazi. What I was on Comedy Kazi? How did I never meet you? How how did I know you in order to invite you onto this podcast? I must have been the. Different times, wobbly. <laughs> you were there at the like, beginning. But yeah, I was but there you left a note back in time, and I, I read it, and, <laughs> and, uh, and now I'm here. So, for those who aren't following the joke, we did improv together. Get over <laughs> your goddamn selves. Okay, moving on. But yeah, so it it's kind of like that in a way. It's sort of establishing the scene. You're you're establishing a scene on in writing. Um, so it's good to you know go in with uh, a character. Um, so, like, when you take suggestions in improv for starting a scene, you might take a, a time, uh, a period or event, uh, a location, and, uh, or a character. Um, so you, you can just take those, those three things. Um, and uh, So the, the three the unities except for rock. Yes, yes. Um, so, yeah. Oh, or it's uh, action. So time, place, and action. I sort of combined... Um, time with action because things move forward linearly but also the action you know has a you know this leads to this leads to that gotcha. so that was the idea so so uh, it can't be like sally fell in a well then timmy pushed sure. sally into a well yeah yeah exactly so like real life yes causality mm-hmm. yeah of course you know you'll 
this this rule is is broken as well and makes for interesting you know pieces of theater but it was just these were sort of the general rules established um, now that our our minds are more open to the world of, of theater imaginary world we can sort of take these leaps and jumps and, and so you're saying that we are more open-minded than the Greeks were back in the day yes Certain parts of the United States are. <laughs> <laughs> but some parts of the United States, they need their place really linear, following the unities. That's right. Um, you know, pictures. Um, what do you do when you get stuck? Uh, like when you, you know, you hit a uh, writer's block or you just, you know, you, you, you're trying to come up with a play and you just go, you know, I don't know what the next line's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, that is, that is the bane of existence right there is just uh, writer's block. Um, and I have a little shirt that's kind of a joke. It says, writer's block when my imaginary friends no longer talk to me. Um, and so, and those are basically, you know, the characters. They're, they're no longer talking. They're no longer, you know, I don't know how they're going to interact with each other or whatnot. Um, and so when you hit those walls, it all depends. Um, I've known, you know, so many playwrights have, have different methods. Uh, one is, is just to do something else. Um, just to get your creative juices flowing. So maybe some write poetry when they're stuck in a writer's block, um, or perhaps write songs. Um, others, you know, others will say that's the wrong way to go because it, it's like, okay, well, you're focusing on doing these other things and you're not focusing on the project at hand. Um, and that, that's kind of a, a problem I have. Is like, oh, okay, well, I'll work on this, and then I'll work on this, and then I'll... Um, so everything, and then when I get back, I'm like, wait, where am I? <laughs> uh, so it's basically the, the main thing, um, I think, is, is really to, um, you know, it's always good to pull back at times, um, but you want to keep a sort of a consistent sort of writing schedule, I think, just to, to keep you going. So you got to do it like it's a job. Mm -hmm. okay. Yes, yeah, in a way that, that really gets you the most productive is when you're doing it like it's a job. Um, so, you know, setting deadlines for yourself, but when you're stuck... And then ignoring yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> I need an extension. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, just uh, um, if you can figure out where you're leading to. So often it's good to sort of plot, okay, well, this is going to be, this is where we start. Um, this is, you know, this is where it's going to be the climax. This is going to be the high point of the play where, you know, this is discovered. And, and it doesn't have to be a sexual climax, no, right? No, no, Okay. But it, it feels like it, though. So it's, <laughs> it's a great point to reach. Your audience should <laughs> still orgasm. It doesn't have to be sexual. It doesn't. doesn't. Um, but it's good if it does. Yeah. You'll sell more seats that way. Um, <laughs> and then clean more seats afterwards. <laughs> exactly. So, and, and uh, you know, I usually have in mind an, an ending, how I want the, the play to end. And, and um, I, I, this is kind of a, a tangent, but an interesting thing. So Pixar, I think, is very well known for its storytelling. Um, and John Lasseter, you know, is, is the helm of that. And he does such a fantastic job. They're that animation company, yeah. right? Okay. The, the yes. <laughs> and so... Uh, um, one thing what I found was interesting is I, I, of course, watch all these things with my daughter. Um, but there's a Tinkerbell story called, you know, Tinkerbell and the Never Beast. Um, and so what they did was they created the ending, you know, to this. And it was absolutely beautiful and gorgeous. And John Lester says, okay, now you need to create a movie that is equal to this. Mm. That, that, you know, earn, you have to earn this ending. You know, and so I, that always stood out in my mind. It's like, okay, you create this beautiful thing. It's like, okay, now you got to work up to that point, to that finale, you know, to get people to be crying at that point. Interesting, because <laughs> you you talk about this in terms of playwriting, but I kind of feel like that's you know maybe uh, a general life goal for for anybody. Absolutely, uh, you you have this yeah. this ending in mind, and you got to live a life that leads up to it. Right. That is, you know, that is a that's a beautiful message. I wish that were the end of the podcast, <laughs> uh, so that we could be like, there, take that away, and All right. goodbye. But it's not. We got more to talk about. Um, All right. So, um, like in, in uh, uh, improv, I give my writers uh, suggestions. So, a location uh, can be, and these are known as prompts. 
Um, so they don't necessarily have to be adhered to, but they help along in the writing process. So this also helps with, with writer's block. So usually I'll, I'll give them a location, a time, um, and uh, an action, like an event that, that uh, they're doing. So whether, you know, maybe it's a protest on a submarine, you know, in uh, 1940. But... Um, and how did they get onto the submarine? Is that the play? There it is. That's the play. That's, that's There's your third play of the day. Is how did these people get onto the submarine in the first place? Exactly. But uh, yeah, so it. it <laughs> See, I'm 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 thinking protesters with signs like "Down with yeah. submarines." It's like, well, actually, yeah, because we do go. You know, we just ballast and we go down and the. Mm -hmm. and it's a good play. Oxygen's right. important, <laughs> and they're all shouting. Save the out. oxygen. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's. Uh, so usually I'll give them that for a little bit more. I might give them, okay, you have to use this uh, prop. Uh, you know, this will have to appear. Um, or this sound effect. And so they'll sort of write to that point. Um, Do you ever give them a really good ending? And then they have to make they have it, to work towards that? Usually not. Usually uh, give them a line of dialogue to start off. With. Okay. Yeah. So I never tell people, okay, this is how it needs to end. Um, <laughs> Is that would then I might as well just write it. I think. <laughs> be, I feel like it'd be interesting though, wouldn't it, to have to have like everyone's play is going to end the same way. But let's see how you are as an artist getting okay. there. It's intriguing. I'm actually I might try that out. But I I do do um, a little 24 hour play festival mm -hmm. that I do annually. Um, and a, so a play that takes 24 hours or it's a play written and directed and acted and performed in 24 hours holy god yes that what how what so nothing nothing gets people writing like immediate deadlines <laughs> so they have the night to write the play they give it to the directors in the morning then the directors meet with the actors and they rehearse it and they perform it that night so a 24 hour span of time to create an entire play and i've done this for like six years um at uh, at Orange Coast College, are they are they ever any good? You know what? There are some really interesting ones, and so you know I'll give them prompts to go off of. Um, initially, that was designed to you know so you knew that they were creating it on the spot. They're like, oh, because you know they have to include these things in the script, so that way the audience didn't think they wrote that you know weeks ago. Um, but it really helps you know helps with the writing process tremendously. And it makes it a lot of fun having those sort of through lines, whether it's a line of dialogue or a character quirk or a prop um, that they all use. So it's it's a real it's a lot of fun, and I'm glad that the students are into it. Usually, not a lot of colleges would do that. I can't really you know not too many. My grad school did that, uh, and it was a lot of fun. It was it was tremendous. Um, they do it every every uh, every year, and so I'm I'm glad that I could take it on the road. What else do you think could be done in 24 hours? If you had another 24-hour festival, uh, besides plays, 24-hour uh, uh, agricultural festival? Just grow as much food as you can in 24 hours? Oh, yeah. Would yeah. that work? Um, that uh, wouldn't quite... <laughs> Come on, Sproutling! You fair. <laughs> Your colony has died. I have a seed. <laughs> I'm not even sure I planted it correctly. It's a, it's a nature. 24-hour pumpkin carving festival. Okay. Um, that seems excessive. <laughs> it takes me about 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, maybe it's a really big pumpkin, or maybe it's really detailed, you know, okay. a really detailed yeah. pumpkin. Yeah. Uh, none of this is about playwriting. That's okay. Well, yeah, they, they do have, I think they, have, they do have 24-hour, like, film, like, shooting short films and things like that. Where you have to do that. You that. think that's harder or easier than a playwriting festival? Um, I, you know what? I think that's harder. Um, there are certain things you have to take into account. And the one thing I always found about um, filmmaking, which isn't my favorite thing, is, is the concept of hurry up and wait. So you get there, you know, you get all ready and things like that, and then you have to wait for all the technical elements. Um, so, you know, the lighting to be just right, the camera, whereas that you create that whole world on the stage. Um, so you, you know, and plus with, um, with playwriting, there is the idea of, um, the, the idea of, of disbelief that you are able to imagine 
more of the world that they're creating on. For filmmaking, you're just like, well, that was a crappy special effect. Here's here's a question. Your 24 hour playwright, playwriting festival. Um, do the actors have to memorize the lines, or do they go on with script in hand? Uh, they are encouraged to memorize oh. the lines. They don't oh. have to, but a good portion of them do. Wow. And and that's a matter of sort of. How, how long do they actually have with the script? How long before the script, like between the script being finished and the show opening? So maybe about. Um, doo -doo -doo. Probably about eight hours. I'd say. All right, all right. So it's just it's like cramming for a final exam, uh -huh. basically. Just yeah, get yeah. as much info and they can as do possible. It. You know, they do it, and yeah. uh, they, you know they do a great job. Um, it's also uh, the way you you write as well. So if uh, you know some people are you know I discourage them from writing a monologue <laughs> for their. You know the people. To, I was to discombobulated when faced with the mechanical engineering uh, uh, complexities that that one must know when trying to design a combustion engine. <laughs> I can't memorize this damn line. I'm just gonna say the engine confused me. <laughs> so so then when the actor fucks up the line and fucks up the play, it's the playwright's fault. It's not the absolutely, actor's fault. Absolutely, they are uh, burned at the stake. And um, yeah, it's. Um, no, it, it's so it is encouraged to sort of follow the script, and that's a point that I make as well. Because you know, you get people who want to improvise or go off, uh, go off the rails, and then that screws everybody up because they've just memorized these lines <laughs> in a short period of time. Like uh, we don't have the ability to play around. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, one more question about process: Do you, you do you write on paper, computer, typewriter? What do you use? Computer. I write faster on computer than I do handwriting. Um, sometimes I'll write down, you know, it's always good to have a notepad with you or something to just to write down lines of dialogue, write down notes. Um, and uh, it's, in fact, I just pulled like a little note that I thought was a funny line. It's like, a, um, like I would kill you, but I don't think that's punishment enough. And I'm like... <laughs> Well, what am I going to put that in? <laughs> you know? That's your uh, ending. You got to build towards that. There we go. Got to build towards that. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, I I actually now because unfortunately my computer, which I've had for ages, which I have a, a playwriting program on, um, has died. Oh. And, but uh, my oh. wonderful wife got me a, 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 a little Kindle Fire. <laughs> I buried it. And, um, well, actually, it still works. It just can't do anything. It can turn on. <laughs> so it still works, but it doesn't work. <laughs> it just doesn't do what I want it to do, which is save or, you know, type. It doesn't really type. So, but yeah, so I, I, I do, I've been typing on a little uh, Kindle Fire, which has been fun because, you know, it's just, it's small and I can just write on it. So the podcast I've been writing on it and, uh, and plays I've which we're gonna don't let me forget that we got to finish up with that I want to make sure everyone knows about your podcast oh. at the end of this um, uh, so let's move on to the very important and philosophical question of why why write plays is it for the money for the audiences for the fame what is it that's an excellent question and um, playwrights struggle with this like they hear oh theater is dead it's a dying art like this is um, and one of the most beautiful things that was told to me was uh, by a, a Bob Moss, who uh, founded Playwrights. He's a painter, right? On, on PBS? <laughs> not, not that one. <laughs> uh, but um, but he, he, he founded Playwrights Horizon, and he said, you know, plays and theater, you'll find that in every culture throughout the world. So it, it couldn't possibly die. It, it, there is a necessity for it. It is needed, and I feel, you know, I like to use it to explain histories, things like that. Um, and, you know, or teach people, you know, meaningful emotional lessons. And so while it might not be very lucrative, like, you know, uh, Tony Kushner can't pay rent with angels in America, um, it's, it's vital to humanity. You know, I think more people should go see plays to learn empathy and understanding of, of characters and situations. I'm going to come back to your Tony Kushner thing. Not that I know who that is or what Angels in America is, but do you think that it is financially sound to write a six-hour play? Um, no, not anymore. And not at all, actually. Uh, this is, which is just sad. 
Um, I don't think people should be discouraged from writing cycle, like, you know, several long plays, Angels in America, Laramie Project is pretty long, and, you know, there's the Kentucky Cycle. Things, plays that are, like, multiple plays that are just really, they're long. Um, nowadays, people, the, a lot of theaters are producing 90-minute uh, plays without an intermission, just straight through. Um, and I don't know. I the, the intermission. That's a whole other argument. Is is intermissions? I, I kind of like them, um, but you know, a lot of people feel it, it sort of messes with the flow of of a play. And also, a lot of theaters like small casts now. Um, just you know, I guess it's less people to pay. Um, yeah, that makes sense. So, so we've got short attention spans and small budgets. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. So theater in a nutshell. But so that, you know, I don't want anybody to be discouraged. Uh, the first couple plays I wrote, like early on, I did this really god-awful play called 15 Minutes Till Fame, which was basically like a modern-day Woodstock where all the celebrities were dying. Um, they were just being killed off. <laughs> Um, so I had stereotypes of like every known, like it was Britney Spears. This, so this is giving you a gauge as to time. Popular musicians of the time. Britney Spears. Um, no, now I'm just remembering the character's name. Neo. Wait, no, not Neo. God, okay, now I can't remember <laughs> any of the, the popular celebrities of the time except for Britney Spears. Um, Keanu Reeves. Oh yeah, yeah, he was he was there. Actually, yeah, The Matrix had had come out, so that okay. was the thing at the time. So I had a character that was kind of like um, the girl from The Matrix. Okay. When we were in that. Did play. you have the Backstreet Boys? Yes, yes, I had a, a Backstreet Boys uh, band. Um, I think it was called like like Six Pretty Boys or something like that. It was <laughs> so it was really terrible and, and just. Uh, contrived, but it had 15 characters, like 15, a cast of 15 uh, on it, which for a 10 minute play uh, <laughs> is insane. You know, yes, it was just people like coming out and dying. There was a Justin Timberlake who just came out and he just died. Like, he was just killed. Um, so, it, you know, it, it wasn't um, functional, but it was fun. Mm. You know, it was a lot of fun. Everybody had fun doing it. Um, despite it being poorly written. Um, and yeah, so it, it's, it's an experience. It's important to, to sort of broaden your horizons and, you know, try different styles or different things. And you're going to fail uh, a lot. And I've, I've discovered that even when I look back through the book I published, I go, oh God, that <laughs> is a terrible character. Like that is a horrid stereotype or something like that. And I, you know, I've learned from those, uh, those, uh, process from the process of doing it. So would you say you're, you're of the, the writer mind, uh, the writers I've known have, you know, one of two minds. It's either I've got to perfect everything and no one can see my work until it's perfect. And the other mind is just write everything. If it's crap, write it, get the crap out. If it's good, write it, you know, whatever comes out of you comes out of you. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's, I mean, basically just write it is, is my mindset. Um, yeah, because I've had too many experiences where it's like, okay, this has to be perfect. Um, and so it, it never sees the light of day. And then what's the point? So even if it's, you know, and things need to be tweaked. And they'll be tweaked over time. And if you have the ability to workshop things or, you know, perform them in a space, that's great. If not... Then you know you deal with it, um, but then at least uh, you workshop yeah. it in your mind. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, in in my initial stages of being a playwright, I thought that everything I wrote was gold. I was that, <laughs> I was that egomaniacal, and it was I would just write something. I go, okay, this is perfect, ta-da! And you're like, you're not gonna find anything better than that. And I go back and read them like. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, this is horrible. I've um, written a play about Count Von Count counting all of the mosquitoes in his, in his castle. It's brilliant. That's right. This is gold. Um, so, yeah. And while um, I would discourage being that uh, egocentric, 
Um, I, it's good to get your stuff out there and give people the ability to read it, you know, and say, ah, well, you know, this is, doesn't make any sense. Perhaps it makes, there's something that makes sense in your mind, this backstory, this whole thing you've created that you've never explained to the audience. All right, stop trying to bring up your yeah. podcast. Oh, we'll yeah. get to that. But yeah, I picked a very generic name for the podcast, so it's constantly brought up in writing <laughs> situations. Um, but yeah, it's, so it's, it's really good to, to write it, get it all the way through, get it out there, and then you revise it, go through rewrites. Um, ultimately, you, you want to go through like three rewrites. And so in the workshops I'm going to be doing, that's what I'm going to be doing, basically, is, is explaining the, the writing process and rewriting process, uh, which is a big part of it. Um, I'm going to move on to the question of who. Uh, so I could ask you, you know, name some famous playwrights, and you already did, uh, <laughs> and we could just spend hours on, you know, Tennessee Williams and Tony Kushner. Um, but let's narrow the field just a tad, shall we? Um, who in particular inspires you as far as playwrights go? Uh, well, um, different playwrights inspire me for different reasons. Um, and usually I enjoy... Uh, one thing that was, that was told to me is there's... Uh, I'm Sorry, I'm going to swoop around here. Um... <laughs> There's a, a dramaturg, and dramaturgs are people who that sort of... That sounds yeah. like something I do in the toilet. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully you, you do a, a number. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, just dropped a dramaturg. Just, <clears throat> don't go in there. It smells dude, like dramaturg. Aww. So kind of the struggle, a big struggle, is that dramaturgs need to be recognized. <laughs> And um, the, so it's and here a I am literally fight. shitting and here on you them. are literally. How dare you, sir? So uh, uh, an absolutely fan. And what they do is they really help with the playwriting process. Um, so it's important that they have a seat at the table. And you know they because they they that's what they do is they sort of analyze and and uh, um, want to get the best understanding of your play possible. And this this one uh, dramaturg. Uh, Liz Engelman told me that you know what she enjoys most about a play is whether it goes from something unfamiliar to something familiar, hmm. or vice versa, from something oh this is a you know a, a normal this is normal day society, and then it goes to everybody's turning into rhinoceroses. Like the world changes, and you're like what's, and so it gives you a better understanding of of our world and the world in general. I think is just seeing okay, well, this is how we act like that, or this is how... Um, so I, I really do enjoy that about plays, is, is just discovery of things. Um, so one of my favorite plays is by um, uh, Athol Fugard, um, and it's called My Children, My Africa. It starts out with a, a speech competition, you know, between a, um, a white girl and a, a, you know, an African boy, and I, in my mind, I, you know, my background is in speech competitions and things like that. And I'm thinking, that's what this play is going to be about. It's going to be this, this heart, you know, this wonderful story about, you know, that it's, I'm in the familiar world. I'm like, it's going to be a, a, a play about a competition going on. And it gets completely torn asunder by the apartheid, as, as you know, it does. And so I'm like, I'm not, I don't know this, you know, I'm, I'm not too familiar with this. And it gives you this understanding of that, that world. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's beautifully written, and uh, I, I would love to see it performed. This is one I've only read, so I'm, I have not seen. Um, but yeah, just getting that understanding, or going from something familiar, and then like, wow, where, where am I now, is, it's kind of exhilarating. It's, it's a, a real fun thing. So I, I do, I really appreciate that. Um, I absolutely, like, you know, as you do, Matt, I love learning things. So, um, uh, I do love Hamilton. to learn. I, I love to, yes. I love to teach people things that I don't know about. <laughs> Let me talk to you about playwriting. Oh, okay. I want to, I want to learn because <laughs> I need to tell learn. you everything <laughs> I know. I need to learn. But, uh, but you, we talked about Hamilton and uh, you know, I love, absolutely adore the, the lyrics and the, the style Lynn um, and Wal Miranda. And so I, I adore Hamilton because I learn all these things about this character that I, you know, only learned from a milk commercial where who shot 
Alexander <laughs> Hamilton. I remember, like that's that's the only thing I knew. And now here you discover, okay, this is why the capital is. He's in the Virginia. damn fool that yes. shot him. Sorry, I had to. Thank you. Had to. If there's one thing I know, it's Hamilton. Yes. And so, like, it it opened up this whole new world, this whole understanding of 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 government and uh, um, and the revolution. So it it's really exhilarating to learn all that and just be like, wow, how come I never knew that? Um, so that's, that's a really fun thing. So learning, uh, learning is, is kind of a, a big part of what, what I enjoy about plays and playwrights is that teach me something. So, you know, whether it's, uh, actual history, um, which I find fascinating or human emotion or, you know, put that all together, um, in a play. And that's great. The, uh, uh that's. I, I was going to go into my own opinion, and it's going to take too long. I'm just going to. Um, <laughs> oh, <I don't... laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, well, I'll talk to you about it later. Okay. Uh, is it, is it for everyone? Is playwriting for everyone? Can anyone do it? Is there a particular sort of personality type? No, I, I, I don't think it's, it's exclusive to people. You will, you know, people from all walks of life can and probably should write a play at some point just to get a better understanding of the world around them. And so it's, I mean, what takes a good playwright, I think, is listening. So you listen to the way people talk and, you know, you, you hear stories and you hear things and you sort of pull from that, um, different experiences. So, you know, one exercise that a lot of uh, playwriting instructors will do is, okay, just go around and eavesdrop on people, you know, hear their conversations. And you'll be like, you'll get these snippets of things and you'll wonder, how is this a conversation? If, if someone were to come like midway into, you know, this podcast, they'd be like, what? Um, okay, what? Hamilton? <laughs> so <laughs> Rockets? Rockets? Why is he called Rocket? <laughs> um, so yes. Um, but uh, it, so it is, getting a better understanding of the world around you is, is really key. And I think everybody should want to do that is to learn more about things they don't know about and, um, you know, get, get a better understanding. Uh, one more two part question for you. I come down to the when and the where, uh, which, uh, the only thing that I could think of for filling out this question was, uh, when and where do you write? Do you find yourself writing at home alone? Uh, do you find yourself working better in sort of a think tank, you know, uh, boardroom, writer's room kind of thing? Uh, and then also, when are you most inspired to write? Uh, do, you, do you write at night? Do you wake up first thing in the morning and sit down and write? Ooh, that's an excellent, and I find I work best probably first early in the morning, uh, which since I've been sleeping in, I just haven't been writing a whole lot. Um, but... I can write until 11, and if I sleep until 11, that's it. I've hit my cap. It's it's done. But um, I do write best alone and sort of secluded. Uh, One of the nice things about the graduate program is it's in Roanoke, Virginia, and you essentially live, you know, in a really small uh, little, you know, house uh, with other roommates, and and you, you just, I just sit in my room and I just write. And so it's, it's very separate from, you know, the city or, you know, oh, we can go out and go do this. I mean, there are a couple of fun things to do. So it's like the shining kind of thing. You are isolated. Just write. Yeah. Yeah. And so thankfully we're there during the summer. Do they have two little like twin girls there that hang out in the hallways? Oh yeah. They're, they're they're very good incentive. They're very motivating (laughs) characters. Um, I will say though that the blood on the wall kind of messes. Like one time I was running out with pages, I tripped, and they all stuck on the wall, and it was just, it was not a good experience. So less blood on walls, uh, if you can, would be conducive to writing. Fair enough. But they have tricycles to get around. Oh yeah, yeah. that's the best mode of transportation. I don't understand how some of them go down the stairs, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you ever see a pair just bounding, you get out of the way. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, I, I have written kind of in groups and I feel like in that sort of, and you know, that's the way I teach is like, you know, everybody's, you know, doing exercises or writing in a group and it does, you know, in a way there's an unspoken sort of competitive uh, aspect to that, which can be good for some, but can be sort of off-putting to others. 
Um, so I, you know, I don't like that. I like, you know, things to sort of come at their own time. Not like, okay, you got to get this done now. All right, I'm looking at all you. Jimmy's doing it. He, he's finished. How come only Jimmy's finished? Um, but yeah. So, uh, you know, I Do have... you think that we could make a uh, competition television show about writing, about playwriting? Um, Someone gets eliminated every week because they, you know, didn't complete their script or because or the audience is, you know, booed and locked out. Go. The writer's room. Let's do this. I think this that's taken. I think I'm think i pretty sure oh, that's okay. already... Uh, <laughs> well, we could call it Three Doors Down. Okay, yeah. Three Doors Down. Um, because, yeah, they have to get their script... <laughs> past the third door, past the editing to the uh, production. The third door down the is the theater. Down. Yes, yeah. So there we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cool. Well, before we before we uh, sign off here, um, you are writing a shirt that says the backstories. What Yay. is that all about? <laughs> yes. Um, so I write a podcast uh, called The Backstories. Um, Wait, you actually write your podcast because I just make all this yes. shit up on the spot. Yeah. So I, you know. Um, I had written like a ton of short stories um, and just, you know, cause I, I like to know the backstory to things, to characters, you know, whether it's like why the lost boys can't fly, you know, or what happened to all the fairies in, in Neverland or, or what happened to Mr. Potts. Like these were all like questions I was asking myself. I'm like, I would like to write the answer to that. And so I did. And, um, and so I just had these short stories. I'm like, well, I can put them in a book that doesn't sell like my other two. Um, and then John's like, well, why don't you do a podcast? I didn't know anything about podcasts at the time. He's like, okay, well, listen to these two podcasts, uh, which was like uh, Hello from the Magic Tavern and Night Vale. And, you know, get a sense of it. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like radio, you know, radio plays. And, um, and that's a, another excellent, fun format. Um, and so podcast is really the new wave of, of radio plays, I think. And so theater may be dying, but podcasts are, are alive and well. Yes, yeah. And also, uh, I don't know about lucrative. They're, they're the same amount of, of, of lucrative. Um, <laughs> which is not. Yeah, which is not. So, but, you know, I love that all the stories are out there. So, you know, we, we actually publish an ebook of the backstories, which is 200 pages now. Wow. Um, so, and it has a little bit more um, than, or just, actually, there's only one other thing that's in the book that's not in, the, you can't hear it narrated in, um, in the podcast, which is the ghost guide. So there's a haunted mansion and there's ghosts, and this sort of explains how the ghosts are categorized and how they function. Um, but yeah, so it, it's, uh, yeah, the story, John actually... Uh, John Schwedinger, who's is my partner in crime on this, who the one who got me to do the podcast, he he said, "Well, you got all these great short stories. They're kind of backstories uh, to you know different Disney esque uh, you know fairy tales. Um, why don't you create a character who finds them?" Um, and so his his character was born ultimately, which is this young editor who inherits this mansion, which is haunted. Um, which holds all the backstories. So, um, and he's like reviewing this while going through his own experiment. And I mean, while, you know, his own, um, uh, adventure, uh, in, in just navigating the haunted mansion and his family's, uh, history. And, uh, and so those are journal entries sort of written in between the backstories. So you follow him and you follow the world of the backstories, which kind of intersect with his world. And where can people find that podcast? Um, where they, well, it's part of the 925 Podcast Collective. So I think it's kind of hard to search it as the backstories, because that's kind of vague. And I think these like history boys or whatever keeps popping up. Um, but if you go to the 925podcast.com, uh, I think, uh, you, can, you can access it. Well, you, guys, actually, no, you guys have a Twitter, right? Yes, yeah. So there's a Twitter and there's a Facebook group too. And that's just that's at the backstories at. I think so. God, I don't <laughs> even know. Like, I think I'm in charge of doing the marketing, and I'm obviously <laughs> failing horribly. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's just I think underscore the backstories is Good. the Twitter handle. I'll, I'll double check. I'll yeah. I'll pop it on the front of this thing. Cool, sweet. Um, yeah. Cool. Well. <laughs> 
Thank you, Sean, for coming out and teaching us uh, and teaching me all about playwriting. Uh, Now I know more than I did before. My pleasure. That's that's my shitty sign off to this show. (laughs) Uh, Thanks. We'll talk again soon. Woohoo! Well, thank you.